Find us on the web at mbradio.us. I want to make it clear that the views expressed by our hosts are not considered the official stance of MBR views. Remember, this is all about having fun and enjoying the ride. Welcome to Gunslinger's Tavern. I'm Audrey McHugh. I'm a bisexual, open woman that served in the military. Brownwater Navy, shout out to my Airedales. One in three veterans experience military sexual trauma. Here we use whiskey for good and talk about all different events that affect veterans and how we can do better to make sure that no one has to release their burden of rape at these gates anymore and ensure that veterans' lives are advocated and lived for. Hey guys, it's Audrey McHugh with Gunslingers Tavern, slinging you some perspective today, along with some good drams. But I wanted to talk to you today about what it takes to deal with being sexually assaulted or raped in the military or just dealing with that in general. So today <laughs> I went to the gym and I went to the gym on base. Um, it was great. It was very difficult for me to actually walk into a gym after being sexually assaulted and sexually harassed, especially being assaulted by your own, right? That betrayal is so devastating. I don't know how to say that when somebody's supposed to be your brother and protect you and they decide to do something like that, how much it impacts your life. So just going to the gym today on base and working out, and it wasn't like a huge workout. It was just like a start to something better. And I was triggered. I had a flashback of um, one of the sexual assaults at the gym. And I was refusing to give in. Um, so I'm very proud of myself today, honestly. I, you know, said, fuck you, PTSD. <laughs> like, I went to the gym anyway, and I didn't do anything spectacular, but just me being there and not leaving the gym and saying, I have the right to be here just as much as anyone else was a victory, like a true victory for me. And I can't wait to go back. I can't wait to keep going on base and working out and enjoying myself and getting back to the person that was um, an athlete before she was raped and sexually assaulted in the Navy. And I think I have every right to want that person and this elevatedness that comes along with going through this experience too. Those are some of the things I don't even think people think of that when you're raped or sexually assaulted, people are just like, that's horrible. I'm sorry that happened to you. But it really takes so much work to get through what somebody else did to you and their choice to destroy your happiness because of their lust and really their need 
to have power and control over someone at the expense of someone else's happiness. And I think that I'm never going to forgive those people. And I don't have to be asked to forgive those people. And I'm happy for other people that feel it's necessary to do that in their healing process. But I'm never forgiving those people, ever, ever. And I'm going to do everything in my power to keep people held accountable for those kind of actions. Because it shouldn't take me 20 years plus to feel safe to go back on a base again. Like, ever. It shouldn't take me over 20 years to feel like it's okay to work out with my shipmates. I should have felt that over 20 years ago. I should have felt safe then. And I had a flashback. I was triggered. I mean triggered by like, I was looking around and being like, well, how many people are in here and who could be potential threats? And, you know, am I going to be safe here? Instead of just like, hey, I'm just going to the gym today and this is another day. What's my workout going to be? I can't really focus like that yet. And I'm really looking forward to when I can. But today was, I got there. I didn't leave. I didn't have a panic attack. The triggers came in to give me those panic attacks, and I beat that. I beat that. So I really enjoyed being there. and made me feel good to be back into my, my community. I served my country. I have every right to be there. And, um, yeah, so I don't think people think about that. It took me over 20 years to get back in the ocean after being raped on a beach outside of my apartment. And I loved the ocean. And it took everything for me to start surfing again. And I don't think people understand that. And I'm happy for myself. I don't think I really talk about me very often. I talk about how much I'm going to help other people, which I do. I help people get through the same things that I'm going through. But there are days where I don't want to take a shower. There are days when just taking a shower triggers me. There are days where I look like a bum because I, one, I just don't care. And two, I just don't feel like it. I don't feel like going through the process and dealing with shit. So there are days where I should be more attentive and trying to be on track and I can't do it because PTSD is uh, playing its game. But I would say that if I look at just my video where I'm at the gates of a place where I was raped at and I'm dropping a rock off. And that's, I would say two years, almost two years now. And I'm releasing that burden. And that woman is crying hysterically at that gate because she's remembering everything. I'm nowhere near her. I'm such a different person from when that happened, when I released that. I have gone through um, 
EDMR. I've gone through um, exposure therapy. I kind of did a lot of exposure therapy myself, so I just decided to go to awesome uh, nightclubs <laughs> in some pretty dope places like New Jersey. Shout out. Uh, this New Yorker loves uh, the Jersey Shore. And um, yeah, I was like, okay, I got sexually assaulted in a nightclub and I have to be able to like dance and enjoy myself while I'm having flashbacks. And I did that and I got through it. And now I can go dance and I don't give a fuck if y'all like how I dance or not um, at all. Let me just make sure y'all know because uh, it's a Philly thing. You don't like me? I don't care. They don't like us. We don't care. Like, well, I'm not going to tell our energy. So, um, so I'm going to go have fun, dance my little heart away, uh, not give a fuck if people like it or not. And that's wonderful. I think everybody should live like that. Uh, it's very empowering. It's freeing. It's happiness. Uh, go birds. So that, that's just one little part of it. I made sure that I made rocks with some of the perpetrators. I went to different places where I was raped at and went back to it and kind of like took my one wheel and just rode through that pain. And I keep doing that. I keep riding through the pain. Unfortunately, it doesn't go away. <laughs> like It's not like, hey, I've woken up and I don't have any more triggers today. And, uh, I don't have a memory of being raped and uh, it's good to go. That hasn't happened. Um, and it's not going to. And I'm not going to say that's okay because being raped is just not okay. I have to go to pelvic floor because I was raped so brutally in one attack with my own crutch for hours that the insides of my body are still damaged over 20 years from that crutch sodomizing me and being placed in my vaginal area for over two and a half, three hours, that I still have to go get help to try to repair the damage from a rapist. Over 20 years. So I'm still healing my body inside and out, my soul, my happiness. I'm still healing. And I don't think that I should have to heal and keep healing from this when the person that did that got to carry on with their life. These other people got to be promoted and have no real consequences to it. But I still have to keep doing the work to heal me from pain that other people caused. It's just simply morally wrong. And right now, um, Hamas has over a hundred of my people held hostage and they're being raped every day. And you go to sleep, they are being raped. And it's horrendous. Rape is horrendous. It should never be used as a means of war. And certainly, 
We should not condone these kind of things. We have to do better. We have to do better. I am grateful. I'm grateful that I have the opportunity, the gift, to be able to use some of what I've gone through to help others. I really, really am. I wouldn't wish anything that happened to me to anyone. It's terrible. I just don't really talk about what has happened to me very much because I'm kind of too busy trying to save the lives of other people. I put Glock 17 in my mouth and tried to kill myself. I pulled the trigger. And there's somebody right now who is right near that, that moment. And I think that when you realize that active duty service members are barely making ends meet, that literally the higher ups in the military have come forward and basically have begged Congress to sufficiently pay us for what we do, and it's being ignored. They say that they've given us the biggest pay raise ever, but the reality is you haven't, because the states are often being relied on to give people that are on active duty food stamps. We aren't really even feeding our own military. This isn't a Department of Defense issue at this point. This lies with Congress. We've asked for money to make improvements to barracks. We have some of the lowest levels of enlisted members living in despicable conditions. We need people to join the military. So in order for them to join the military, we have to show them that we're really going to take care of them, that this is the place you want to be, that this brotherhood, this sisterhood, there's nothing like it. I mean, to be a part of the military is uniquely special. You have chosen this path. I chose it because I love this country. I wanted to serve my country pretty much. I mean, indefinitely. <laughs> I will never not still serve this country. But for other people, they only wanted to join for school or for a few years. And I respect their choices. Um, so long as they realize that you are joining something where you could lose your life. And if you're okay with that, then all right, come in for a little bit. But as this family will always be welcome. You will always be a part of something special that you will never get with your blood relatives. I don't care how close you are to your family. There is nothing like a military family. It's irreplaceable. It is across all ages, this bond. It doesn't matter what branch you're in. Again, uh, go Navy, beat Army. I can say that because I actually served in the Navy. See that? So I can pick on the Army anytime I want. But if you do, I'm probably going to punch you in the fucking face. That's my brother and sister. Like, I can give that shit to them, but you can't. I mean, you just can't. 
you uh you're not allowed to at all whatsoever so there's always these people that want to talk about how they wish they had served or they were going to serve well i did serve i served y'all didn't so your criticism of me is literally negligible i don't care um and you're not my brothers or sisters, so I don't really have to worry about what your opinion is. I mean, what are you doing to serve your country? What do you do right now to make this country better? So what I'm asking Congress to do right now is to make the military better. Make it so that people really want to stay here. Because it's a wonderful thing. Now, very few, even in Congress, even serve at this point. It used to be, it was serve in the military, go to law school, and then join Congress. That has not happened. We got people who are not qualified at all, who know more about, well, some of them know something about sports. I wouldn't say they know a lot about sports. And then they just decided to run to office rather than wanting to serve their constituents or their people, they did this for power rather than for the love of this country. So I served my country because I love this country. I love Americans. I love democracy like it is my soulmate. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry for my soulmate, but you know, uh, I hope you can love the constitution as much as I do. All jokes aside, Congress really needs to get their shit together. They need to fully support and fund the military at levels which make people want to join, especially this younger generation that we need to be able to defend democracy in the future because they have to have good living conditions. They need to be able to eat. It is no longer like you have a good retirement package to retire on. We don't. You want to know who messed that up? Congress. You want to know who messed up retention rates for the military? Congress. You want to know who messed up people wanting to serve this country? Congress. And they don't even serve. And without us, democracy doesn't work. Y'all can try to enforce democracy without the military, and it just won't work. You need us. So that means you need to clothe us. You need to make sure that we have good, high levels of pay, that our barracks are taken care of, that we are well-funded, so that we can make sure that democracy carries forward in the future rather than Congress being cowards. So that's my talking point on that. Now, I will give them some credit today. Poverty has been their choice, right? Poverty is a, cho is a choice in this country. The child tax credit passed overwhelmingly with bipartisan support in the House today. I mean, they had to go around and do it a different way because a few, of course, MAGA Republicans, it's their choice 
their choice to make sure children starve in this country rather than be risen out of poverty so that we can have a continuation of our generations that are going to support democracy. But those people don't matter. What matters today is today in this country, together, together, Democrats and Republicans said poverty is not our choice. That's effective legislation. That's Congress doing what they have been elected to do. So they should stand a little bit taller. They should stand in pride. And remember that legislation is exactly what they have been sent there to do. They have been sent there to solve problems of all Americans, no matter what their political affiliation is. And today, the House of Representatives conducted themselves in that manner. Now, that's only one small little drop in the bucket because, you know, they out here trying to spend our taxpayer money on some bullshit. And I, you're like, what bullshit? Oh, the bullshit of trying to use impeachment for the, the Secretary of uh, Homeland Security for a political gain. So this is where you're done fucked up, right? Stop spending our money on shit that's not real. Like, we as Americans don't get to have our money wasted. It's fraudulent misuse of our funds, of our taxpayer dollars. And every American should be pissed the fuck off when they do something like that. In fact, you know, they should have their pay docked for dumb little games like that. But there's hope, y'all. There's truly hope. Today, Republicans and Democrats said poverty is not our choice. So that means that when we turn this house blue, we're going to get stuff done. We're going to take care of things together. That there can be true bipartisan packages and solutions to huge issues can be solved together. So that's kind of um, it's kind of my reflection of the day. You know, I spent a lot of years in service to this country, and clearly, I'm definitely more qualified than half of those people in the fucking uh, House of Representatives and Senate. But here I am, trying to save the lives of veterans every single day I can. And I just wanted to take the time to have some reflection on how far I've come. Because I've come very far. I can go to dance clubs now. I can sleep with guys that have beards. I can um, have fun and dance again. I can go in the ocean. I can surf. I can snowboard by myself and not care. As in, like, I don't believe that I'm going to be attacked by somebody. Um, I've been boxing and, uh, let's just say, Rocky <laughs> Bumboa, bitches, I'm ready. So, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm proud of me. I don't think I ever say this to myself, 
But like, I'm proud of you, Andrew McHugh. I'm proud of you. Because I have spoken about some of the darkest things that has happened in my life with dignity. And I have at the same time been saving people who have been trying to kill themselves from the exact same thing that happened to them because of this horrible culture in the military. I wanted to take a moment to reflect on the fact that I spent almost 15 years of my life in domestic violence. And today I reflected on why is it called domestic violence? There is nothing domesticated about violence. Like, it almost insinuates that violence should be tamed and that it's domesticated because it's at home. Well, I can tell you with this red mark on my lip that has nothing to do with um, a beauty mark. It's from being punched in the face by my ex-husband or my teeth being fucked up and not aligned properly from him hitting me in the face with baseball bats and besides his fists and hammers. Like, I know you see me, but you don't really see me. <laughs> you don't see what I have been through. I just don't talk about it very often. I don't go into deep, downright horrible details. But I think that the more I do, perhaps it will help you understand that violence like that is not domesticated. I was hit repeatedly whether I was at home with this man or not. Violence should never be viewed as something that is tameable. It's horrendous. And as I grow into myself, I believe that words become increasingly important. I believe that the way we label ourselves are much more valuable than the labels that other people put on us. I got to experience this beautiful college that specializes for the non-hearing. Why is that important? Because this is what they have chosen to identify themselves as, non-hearing rather than death. I acknowledge that. I think it's wonderful. I think that when somebody informed me what the proper terminology of somebody who cannot hear wishes to be labeled as is an acknowledgement of them. I could see them. I could hear them. The visually impaired, I've helped, you know, with, with snowboarders with that. And they prefer to be called visually impaired rather than blind. It's important. It's important that we recognize people as they want to be called, rather than a label that usually a perpetrator or society has placed on someone. I think it's so important that we take the time to truly recognize people as they wish to be seen.
When you've been raped, when you've been sexually assaulted, when you have been violently abused, and I mean abused as in beaten almost every day with a baseball bat, a hammer, fist, knocked out unconscious almost every single day, waking up in pools of blood, being suffocated, having guns being put in your mouth, being stabbed, being almost drowned. That's not abuse. That's a description of what has happened to me and so many others like me. So when you say abuse, it doesn't really explain what has happened to a person. And I think that the word domestic violence should be changed. You're more than welcome to help me find a proper word, but I think it needs to be changed to reflect the pain that it causes people and families. So that's what I have today. I appreciate you listening to me. As always, your sister is here. This Amazonian is here. If you're suicidal, if you need someone to talk to, if you're homeless, if you just don't know what the fuck to do at this point, I'm here. Reach out. I will help you whatever way I can. And you're not alone. And it doesn't get better. It gets wonderful to be free, <laughs> to live how you really want to be, to come into yourself, to experience who you truly are. It's stunning. And I encourage you all to heal your shadows, to not be afraid of it at all, to embrace yourself and to stand tall. So that's all I got, Amazonians. <laughs> And uh, I'm going to have a drink now because I definitely deserved it. And I don't know why you people participated in dry January. I just, maybe somebody should fill me in, but I'm not doing that. So much love and um, see you next time. That's the show for today, everyone. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with an all-new show. And remember, you can listen to us again and again. The podcast of this radio show is available right after we go off the air tonight. Anywhere that you can get your podcast episodes. And thanks for joining us today. I'd like to take a moment to talk about something close to my heart. Military Broadcast Radio has been doing incredible work to support our veterans and bring their voices to the world. They rely on your generous donations and your dedicated volunteer hours to make it happen. I encourage you to consider supporting NBR in any way, form that you can. Use this QR code that's attached to the picture, or you can go to our website at mbradio.us. That's mikebravoradio.us. To learn more about how you can donate or volunteer even just an hour a week from your home, help make a difference in the lives of our veterans. Because once again, we're all here for you and not for us. We're giving a veterans a voice. Of Mike and Ice for $25. Y'all crazy. Jacob, I will buy you 25 fucking things rather than that. Oh.
<laughs> yeah, I just ignore that part. <laughs>